We thank you that this is the day that you have made. Lord, we can't change yesterday. We don't know what tomorrow holds, but Lord, we know that this is the day. Father, I pray that, that your words would penetrate our hearts, penetrate our pain, penetrate our, our fear, our confusion. Lord, I pray that your words would go deep into our hearts, comfort and convict us and change us. Father, we know that it is your word that changes us, not the one who speaks it. Father, I pray that despite the sin that is in me, Father, that, Lord, your spirit would speak. We ask this in the name of Jesus and all of God's people said, Amen. I can't believe how close we are to Christmas. Like, it just, just doesn't compute to me. And uh, it, it is very close, and it is amazing. And, and, and so many people, almost everybody that you speak to loves Christmas in one form or fashion. We love it for so many different reasons. And when we have conversations with each other, we all kind of share what aspects about Christmas that we love. Well, I love this, and I love that. So I thought I would do a little unscientific poll this morning. I'm going to read to you a bunch of things that people say they love about Christmas. And if you love the thing that I, that I say, just raise your hand. And you can raise your hand more than one time. Okay, so let's try this. Some people love to decorate their home. Some people love to make Christmas ornaments. Some people love to shop for family and friends. Some people love to find deals on gifts. I have a lot of people on that one. Some people love to wrap presents. Okay, not a lot of guys raising their hands on that one. Okay. Some people love to listen to Christmas music. Oh, that's a big one. Okay. Some people love to watch Christmas movies. Hands are up. Joe's hands up in the back. Um, some people love to get together with family and friends. I hope everybody's hand goes up on that. Some people love to bake and eat Christmas cookies. And we happen to have a bake sale today in the back benefiting a family. Nice segue right there. Some people love Christmas weather. Okay, all right, a lot of hands on that. Some people love that Christmas Eve feeling. And some people, especially kids, love Christmas morning. See, there's so much to love about Christmas. Everybody has multiple things that we love about Christmas. Here's the thing about love, particularly when it comes to Christmas and particularly when it comes to our relationship with God. Love produces something and love proves something. Love produces something and love proves something. And the question is, what does our love for God prove and what does our love for God produce? So we're going to take a look at, at love and joy today. And I want you to open up your Bibles to 1 John. 1 John. This is in the back of the New Testament. John, the author of the Gospel of John. John, who writes the last book of the Bible, Revelation. And John wrote three letters, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. We're going to be taking a look at 1st John chapter 4. Now, to give you kind of an overarching feel here, 1st John is about are you obeying God? Do you believe God? And what we're going to focus on today, do you love God? So we're going to take a look at this today, starting in 1 John chapter 4, starting at verse 7. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. 
He sent His one and only Son into the world that we might live through Him. This is love. Not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and His love is made complete in us. This is how we know that we live in Him and He in us. He has given us His Spirit. And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent His Son to be the Savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in them and they in God. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in the love lives in God and God in them. This is how love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. And he has given us this command. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. Now, if I were to ask you, what is the main theme of this passage? You think it's love? It's a long passage, but it's important because love frames everything. Love frames how we look at other people. Love frames how we look at ourselves. Love frames how we look at the world. Love is such a powerful thing. Love is something that, that is so specific in this passage, but the area that I think John is focusing on, it begins in verse 7 and ends verse 21, and that's to love other people. And what John is saying here is, I know that you say that you love God. Prove it. Prove it. What John is saying is talk is cheap. You can say, I love God. John says, that's great. I'm glad that you say that you love God, but prove it. You say, oh, I'm going to obey all the commands of God. I know what God has asked me to do. I'm going to do it. And John says, great, prove it. Love other people. Sometimes that's easier said than done. See, we all like to say we know God. But to know God is to love God. And knowing God and loving God are two sides of the same coin. You cannot truly know God without loving God. And you cannot truly love God without knowing God. And there is a difference between knowing someone and knowing of someone. I can say, I know of Scott Frost. I know that he was at Central Florida. I know that he is at Nebraska. I know that he is a great coach. I know that he is a great mentor of men. But I don't know Scott Frost. I know of him. If I were to know him, I would spend time with him and I would talk with him and I would really grow an understanding of how he thinks and what he does. So I cannot stand up here and tell you that I know Scott Frost. I know of him. So we have to say, if we truly know God, how? Are we spending time in his word? Daily. Are we spending time in prayer? Daily. Are we spending time in worship? Daily and weekly. See, we can say that we know God, but our actions will prove whether we know God or we just know of God. And see, what John was saying is, if you really truly love me, prove it. And prove it by loving other people. And not just the people that are easy to love. It's easy to love lovable people. 
it's hard to love unlovable people. Sometimes the people that are hardest to love are the ones that are in our family. Sometimes there are people we go to school with. Sometimes there are people we work with. Sometimes it's our neighbor. But sometimes the hardest people to love are the people that are closest to you. But John is challenging us. The Word of God is challenging us. Say, if you say you know God and you say you love God, prove it by loving the unlovable. And this is the point where right now in your mind, some of you have developed a serious case of the yeah buts. You're like, I hear what you're saying, yeah, but you don't know the people I've got to deal with in my life. You don't know what my family did to me. You don't know what my friends have done to me. You don't know about my coworkers. You don't know about my neighbors. So we start to get a yeah, but. But what John is saying, what this text is saying, that if you say you know God and you say you love God, then you cannot have a case of the yeah, buts. You have to say, I know God, I love God, and I will prove that by loving other people. See, when we truly love people with the love of God, we have no expectation. That means we don't expect anything in return. It's easy to love somebody if you want something from them. But can we love someone with no expectation in return? No thank you. No reciprocation of that love. See, that's what John is talking about here. That if we truly say we know God and we love God, then we can love other people and expect nothing in return. But see, we all have expectational love. Expectational love is we expect our family to love us. We expect our friends to love us. We expect certain people to love us. We have an expectational love. No matter who you are, no matter what you believe, no matter what faith you are, or if you're not even a, a person of faith, we all have an expectational love that other human beings will love us for whatever the reason. And yet, isn't it interesting that we don't believe that God has the right to expect us to love Him? We sometimes think that, well, I shouldn't have to love God. He's supposed to love me. You know how we love God? By loving others. That's the way that we impact people. If we truly want to impact people, as much as and as important as it is to teach people the Word of God, as important as it to teach people doctrine, if you really want to reach people for Christ, you know how to do that? Love them. Love them. That's part of why we collected all of those stockings filled with candy that you guys did such an amazing job. And we went and we delivered them this week to all of the schools. And you know that people at those schools understood is that they're loved by this church. We didn't stand up there and teach them doctrine. We didn't stand up there and, and tell them scripture. We just said, we're going to love you with no expectation in return. Because that's what God has called us to, is to love other people. John said, if you love God, prove it. See, love is something that is ne it needs to be tangible for people. That's why we give presents. We give presents at Christmas, at birthdays. It's a tangible expression of our love. We say, I love you and I want to show you. I don't want to just tell you, I want to show you. It's important to tell people, but what this passage is telling us is we've got to act on that emotion. We just can't say it, we have to prove it. See, because if we know God and we love God, it will be proven by how we love other people. Now, God is not asking us to do something that he hasn't done. Listen to this text. For God so loved the world, he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. 
God said, I will prove my love to you. I will send you my only son. So God wasn't just saying that he loved us. He was showing us that he loved us. His love proves something. What does your love for God prove? Does it prove that you really know God? Because if you really know God and you love God, you'll love other people. And you'll love them without expectation. And that's hard. But God modeled that for us. He gave his one and only son. What we celebrate in the manger, we see through the lens of the cross. Because without the manger, there can be no cross. And so what we celebrate is that God's love proves that he loves us. And he loves us sacrificially. See, love has to be sacrificial or it's just not really God's love. Do you love people sacrificially? Do you give to people sacrificially? That's one of the reasons I'm so excited. I know so many of the life groups that have adopted families in our community. People are bringing those gifts in today because we're going to be giving those to the families this week that are in need because we're called to love people sacrificially because that shows them that God's love is real. Do you know how important love is? To Jesus, I want to read you this text. I really want you to let this sink in. It's from John 13. A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. So the way that people know that you and I are Christ's followers is not where we go to church. It's not how much scripture we can memorize. It's not how much doctrine that we know. It's by loving other people. When people see you and I loving other people, they're like, what is going on with you? Why do you love other people? You could say, because I'm a Christ follower. That is more impactful than anything we can say, than anything we can sing, than anything we can do. Love other people. I read a great article uh, last week. There were two older women who were in a Walmart in Connecticut, and they were shopping for Christmas presents for their grandkids. And as they got their presents and they came to the counter and they saw the bill, they said, we, we can't do this because we also have to buy medication because they're on a fixed income. And so they have to have monthly and weekly medication so they couldn't have it. So they said, well, let's take some of these toys to the layaway and maybe we can start to pay over time and we can still get the gifts for Christmas. So these two women are talking about this as they're in line to the layaway counter at Walmart. And as they get up to the, the counter at Walmart, a young woman behind them said, I'm sorry, but I overheard you two talking. And I want you to know that I want you to be able to get these gifts right now for your grandkids. So I'm going to pay for them right now. You don't have to put them on layaway. You don't have to decide between medicine. I want you to have these gifts. And that in itself is amazing, but that's not the cool part. These two older women were just like, we don't even know you. Why would you do that? And she said, because I'm a follower of Jesus Christ and I want you to know his love is real. Wow. That's greater than any impact a church could have. Because she made her, her love prove something. She didn't know these women. There was nothing she could get back from them. But she wanted to prove that I know Jesus and I love Jesus and I'm going to love other people. That is what love does. It proves something. It proves that we're not just self-absorbed, that we're not just all about us. When we love other people, it shows that we really know God. But if we don't love other people, we just kind of love ourselves. And then the love of God is not in us. See, knowing God and loving God are connected. You cannot say, I love God without knowing God. And you cannot really know God without loving God. Love does two things. Love proves something and love 
produces something. So I was out last week and I went into a sport, sporting goods store and I was talking to a young man and we were talking about basketball and I said, hey, are you a LeBron James fan or a Michael Jordan fan? Who's better? You know, and he was a nice kid and he was hemming and he was hawing about this. And I'm like, come on, man, give me an answer. I said, you know that it's Michael Jordan. He was the greatest player ever. Six titles. All, and he just kept looking at me and looking at me. And, he, you know, he made some good points. And I said, but well, here's the difference. Michael Jordan had a confidence and a will to win like nobody else. I said, that's what separates Michael Jordan and Michael Phelps and, and those athletes that they just, they just didn't have that fear. They had amazing confidence. And confidence is a funny thing. When you have it, it's amazing what you can do. And see, what loving God produces, it produces something in us that is greater than anything else you can imagine. And that is confidence. And it is confidence not to do what Michael Jordan and Michael Phelps did, but it is confidence to stand before God on the day of judgment. If there's ever a moment that you want to have confidence, it's that moment. And what John is saying is that when we know God and we love God, and here's the third thing, when we believe God, knowing God, loving God leads to believing in God. And when you believe in God, you can stand with confidence before God on the day of judgment. Because that day is coming. It comes for all of us. For some it will come sooner, for some it will come later. But every one of us, sinner and saint, we will all stand before God. Everybody. Now we can either stand with confidence or we can stand with fear. But every one of us will stand. I remember all the time when I was a kid, I got sent to the principal's office all the time. I did. I got called to the principal's office all the time. And every time I went down to that principal's office, I went down in fear and I knew that I was guilty. I knew that whatever I was being sent there for or called there for, I know I did it. And I knew I was going to get in trouble at school and I knew I was going to get in more trouble when I got home. How amazing would it be if I could have walked to that office with confidence to say, you know what, I know that I'm good. But see, I can't because I knew I was wrong. You and I cannot stand before God based on our own merits, based on our own works, and be confident. I don't care how good or how moral you think you are. The only way that you and I can go and stand before God is if we know Jesus, love Jesus, and believe in Jesus because it produces a confidence in us. It is that confidence that we can stand before God. You know, a lot of times you go to evangelistic um, outreach programs and they always end the service with a question like this. They say, if you were to die tonight, do you know that you will go to heaven? Well, if you know Jesus, love Jesus, and believe in Jesus, you will have a confidence produced in you that you can say, yes, I know that I will stand before God and I will be found not guilty. That's what John is saying. See, John says it twice in here. We didn't wake up one day and just decide to love God. We didn't say, you know, what am I going to do? I'm going to go to the store. I'm going to mow the lawn. Hey, I think I'm going to love God. God chose to love us. He chose to love us even when we walked away from him, even when we rejected him, even when we abandoned him. God said, I'm going to love you. Do you know how much God loves for you? The word love isn't even a big enough word to describe how much God loves you. He created you. 
He knows you. He numbered your days. He's got a great plan for you. And when we know God and we love God and we believe in God, we can have a confidence, we can have a joy in our life. I want to read to you a text. I wish I could sing. I wish I was one of those singing pastors. I'm not, and you should all be thanking God for that, okay? But there's a song that the Israelites would sing. They sang it at the Exodus. They sang it as they walked through the Red Sea. They sang it at the temple dedication. They sang it at the temple rededication. And it will be sung again when Jesus comes. So pretend that I'm singing this lyrically and really, really good, okay? It says, I will praise you, O Lord. Although you are angry with me, your anger has turned away and you have comforted me. Surely God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. The Lord, the Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. With joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation. And that day you will say, give thanks to the Lord. Call on his name. Make known among the nations what he's done. And proclaim that his name is exalted. Sing to the Lord for he has done glorious things. Let this be known to all the world. Shout aloud and sing for joy, people of Zion, for great is the Holy One of Israel among you. So imagine the people, as the, as the waters of the Red Sea parted, they're singing this song because they have confidence in God. Imagine, you know, the Exodus, when they finally got rid of slavery, they could sing this song as they walked. Imagine when the temple of God was being dedicated and rededicated, they could say, we have confidence in our God. That is a confidence that you can't put a price on. And so many of us struggle with confidence. Not only confidence in daily life, but the confidence to say, I know I can stand before God. Trust me, I can tell you I tried to work as hard as I could to get in God's good graces. I was always trying to go from the naughty list to the nice list. And man, I worked hard and I worked hard and I worked hard and it didn't work. And can I tell you something? I still sometimes find myself trying to go from the naughty list to the nice list. I still think I have something to do with it because I'm not sure. Do I need to have confidence in God? See, we don't have a God that's going to say, oh, you messed up. I'm going to penalize you. God took his wrath on Jesus that we should get. We have to have confidence that when Jesus died for our sins, he died for our sins and that's it. It's over. That we can shout to the Lord. We, we have victory in Christ. And that is the joy of Christmas. We sing joy to the world. Great song. But the joy is that we have confidence that we can stand before God. That is the joy. It's not that we get our favorite present. It's not that the angels sing. We have joy because you and I can stand before Jesus. Because if not, we're going to be just like I was going to the principal's office. We know we're guilty. We know what's going to get us. But we can walk those halls of confidence because of Jesus. Now, I know that, that we're a, a, a very relaxed congregation. But I'm going to ask you to get unrelaxed for a minute. Because if you believe that God has given you the confidence to stand before him through Jesus. If you say, I know God and I love God and I believe God, then I want you to do three things. Number one, can we praise God for his love? Can we praise him for his victory? Can we praise him for his presence with us? Can, can we just make a little holy noise? I don't care if you clap. I don't care if you scream. But can you make some noise of victory because we've got confidence to stand before God? Can, can, we, can we try that? I mean, can we make a little bit of noise? Can you make a little bit of noise? Right? There you go. Raising hands. I'm talking about. We have victory in Christ because he loves us. Because he sent his only son to die for us that we can stand before him. 
See, that feeling of praise, we got to have that more often. we got to walk as people who have victory, not as people who have defeat. We walk around like we lost. We won. Because when you know God, when you love God, when you believe God, you can stand before God. Is that a glorious thing? That is a glorious, glorious thing. And so I want to ask the band to come back up. And as they come back up, I want you to remember our theme for, for this Christmas is God with us. God is with us, God is for us, God is by us. Those are three words. Whenever you feel like you're not good enough, say these three words, God with us, God with us, because know that God loves you. Know that God wants to be with you. Here are three things that you can, that you can think about and talk about over lunch. Do you prove your love to God on your terms or his? Do you prove your love to God? Oh God, here's how I'm gonna prove my love or on his terms, which is love other people, with no expectation of return, with no thanks, with no appreciation, love other people. Number two, has your love for God produced the confidence to stand before God? Isaiah says you have to draw from the well. What well are you drawing from that you think that will make you stand before God? Is it religion? Is it morality? Is it good works? Draw from the well of salvation that is Jesus. You can have confidence no matter what your past was, no matter what you're struggling with today. Draw from the well of the salvation of God and Jesus and his love and you will find joy. And number three, will you be filled with fear or joy when you're face to face with God? I can tell you when I was face to face with all those principles and all those schools, I did not have joy. But I know that you and I can stand before God and we will not be filled with fear. Because the opposite of fear is joy. We can be filled with joy when we truly know God, when we truly love God, and we truly believe God. God with us. Amen?